But I'm like, okay, this is no reason to have a panic attack. I mean, if there is a reason to have a panic attack, it's when I'm getting my ass kicked in the ring earlier. And I had no anxiety around that. And I started just laughing. It felt like a bit of a breakthrough for me. I love this. I love this. Thanks. I love that you were able to put, you know, because those are different centers of our brains, you know, where we have humor and where we kind of ruminate. And I love that you were able to throw it into a new perspective. Welcome to the Vegan Life Coach Podcast, where we coach you to coach yourself. And now it's time to become plan empowered with your co-hosts, 25-year vegan Ella Majors and mindset master Stephanie Aguilar. Hey, hey, Empowered Vegan Lifers. Ella here with my co-host. Hey, Stephanie. Hey, Ella. Happy Tuesday. Happy Tuesday to you. (laughs) One day closer to Saturday. (laughs) That's right, but we're not living for the weekend, are we? We are not living for the weekend. Or the summer. Maybe just a tiny bit for the weekend. <laughs> and maybe just a tiny bit for summer. Just maybe a tiny. Well, no, I don't know. It's not my big deal, but yeah. But yeah, it's been kind of a rough week. So I'm ready to not have, I, I, I need the weekend. <laughs> okay, fair enough. <laughs> oh. Speaking of weekends. Yeah. Tell me, tell me about yours. Yeah, no, I. I've been going through some quite a bit of personal evolution lately, and I had a fun experience on Saturday that could have been very, ended very poorly, and I didn't let it. Yeah. Yeah. I would like to share about this evolution from anxiety to humor. Oh, I love it already. Yeah. Yeah. So I've been working on just laughing at myself. And so on Saturday, I went out and about, which is not normal. I stayed out way past my bedtime on Saturday night because there were UFC fights and a friend invited me out and we went out to this area called Wynwood in Miami. And it is an up and coming, really happening area. It's super cool, very artsy. There's you know graffiti on all the walls. It's pretty amazing. At night, however, at 12 o'clock, the fights got out at 12, one o'clock in the morning. I mean, it was off the chain. It was bumping and we're walking down the street. And I mean, there's just crowds and people. And I have a little bit of, I started to get very anxious. I don't love crowds. And I sometimes get in that, you know, state of just starting to feel a little panic come on. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I felt that coming on. And, you know, in the past, it could have become very overwhelming. Yet at this moment... I was able to do our power pause that we always talk about, utilize our self-coaching system. And what came to mind was how ridiculous (laughs) I was for feeling like this when earlier that day, that Saturday, I went sparring and I hadn't been sparring in a while. We, I had done some very light sparring recently with a good friend, but I stepped into the ring and we're doing Thai boxing and the person I was in the ring with came, did, wasn't coming to play. They were coming to fight. And I was not prepared because <laughs> we didn't like discuss it ahead of time. I just thought, you know, surely it's somebody I know. He knows that I have not been practicing regularly. Right. And he went all out. So I'm in the ring, but none of this causes anxiety for me. Like I was there and I'm telling you what, he swept me. I 
dropped on my back. I mean, knocked the wind out of me. I got right back up. At the end, he said to me, wow, you did great. I was like, are you kidding me? You kicked my ass. What are you talking about? That was not so great. He's like, yeah, but most people wouldn't keep getting back up and coming right back after me. He was like, I'm exhausted. (laughs) Okay. Well, that, that, you know, that makes me feel a little better. So this kind of goes through my head as I'm finding humor in the fact that I'm just walking down the street and these are just, yes, there's music, loud music, and there's people and there's traffic and, you know, there's a lot of stimulation, you know, going on. I felt a little overloaded, but I'm like, okay, this is no reason to have a panic attack. I mean, if there is a reason to have a panic attack, it's when I'm getting my ass kicked in the ring earlier. And I had no anxiety around that. And I started just laughing. It felt like a bit of a breakthrough for me. I love this. I love this. Thanks. I love that you were able to put, you know, because those are different centers of our brains, you know, where we have humor and where we kind of ruminate. And I love that you were able to throw it into a new perspective. So therefore throwing it into another area of your brain. Yeah. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Yeah. So a lot of our anxiety is actually the result of the parasympathetic nervous system. So your reaction to being in a crowd, that type of reaction is not necessarily controllable Mm -hmm. in the moment, Mm -hmm. you know, so you're in the crowd and you're feeling that anxiety, feeling your heart racing. All of that is very reactionary in terms of our system, but definitely in terms of our brain. Humor, however, has more executive function to it. You actually have to be engaged with your surroundings, engaged with what's going on internally to actually make a joke or to find something funny. You have to think about it. So if you consider that the anxiety is somewhat subconscious and then you are able to actually move it to that executive function, then you really stop the parasympathetic nervous system's response. You know, you're focused on something different. So that's so interesting. I mean, I'm oversimplifying the process. Sure. However, it is interesting to know that you really can think your way out of panic. Yeah. And you can breathe your way out of panic as well, because I've also been working on a training right now around breath work and meditation. Yeah. And breathing is such a powerful way to switch from parasympathetic to sympathetic as another tool. And I wonder, thinking back now, I wonder if I did use some of that breathing at first as well to help me just become aware and start making that switch probably made it then easier to really, really flip that switch. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, breathing is always kind of the first line of defense Mm -hmm. against anxiety. And the fact that, I mean, you are very involved in your yoga practice. It is very consistent for you that that makes a lot of sense that you would go there somewhat automatically. So what a fantastic experience. Yeah. I love sharing these things because, you know, we've been working and it's been how many years have we been really focused on the self-empowerment coaching system and using this power pause and just to show our listeners that, you know, this is ongoing. This is going to be a practice that we work on till the day we die. And yeah, but it does get 
more and more automatic mm-hmm. and that's exciting. It, 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 you're able to play it more and more like a game, the more automatic it becomes. And then every step of the way, it's like, wow, you can celebrate these, these moments. Um, you know, it wasn't some huge, big deal, but if it really was something worth celebrating, it really felt like a win. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I love that yeah. for you. Yeah. Speaking of evolution, also with my fitness, I've been so into the mobility stuff and food really working into fuel. And these are things we've been teaching for years and it just keeps getting better and better and better. It just takes practice and consistency and work. And yeah, it just makes life kind of fun, even in the tough times, I think, you know, it's not always fun, but this is where we're moving to. And it's Mm -hmm. exciting. It is exciting. Ooh, did you catch any of the Super Bowl this weekend, Stephanie? I am only a football fan when the Chiefs are playing. Uh I know. But I was so excited for the Super Bowl because of the halftime show. I am a huge, huge Snoop Dogg fan, (laughs) as well as Eminem and Dr. Dre and Mary J. I mean, yeah. Could there have been a better Super Bowl show for Gen X? I mean, no. Oh, wait, am I Gen X? I don't remember what I am. I think you're probably a millennial because you're born in the 80s. No, 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 no. I was born in 1980. I'm right on the cusp and I'm so not a millennial. Okay. Okay. So you're going to claim no Gen offense. X. No offense. You're going to claim Gen X. That was really kind of rude. <laughs> yes, I'm claiming Gen X. <laughs> but the, because that music just, I mean, that's my music. And I think that, oh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was so good. It was yes. so good. I missed it. Oh no. Don't yeah. tell me that. No, I have to tell you this because as soon as they announced and you know, they had these fantastic trailers for the halftime show. I was so excited. I watched them all and I was just, I mean, it was going to be a holiday and I got a text from another mom just as Snoop Dogg and Dr. Dre are walking to the stage. Oh, no. And she thought it was really, really important that she talked to me. And I should have drawn my boundary. And I did <laughs> yes. not. And I did not. I was like, let's just get this over with, you know? And so I missed the whole thing. <gasps> I missed the entire show. And I've tried really hard not to watch snippets of it mm-hmm. because I want to watch it in its entirety. And I just haven't gotten a chance to do it. So yeah. On a big screen, on a big screen. I also want to have my snacks with me. Cause I made, I mean, you know how everybody makes like a spread for Super Bowl. Well, mm-hmm. I was making it for the halftime show. Oh, you know, because who cares about the football game? Right. Honestly, I didn't care about the football game. I went to bed after the halftime show. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but it was worth it. Did you make your food at least? Did you get to eat your food? What'd you have? I did. So the dish that I am most proud of, do you know what crab Louie is? No. Have you ever heard of it? So it's a famous dish. I think it's out of San Francisco, but anyway, it obviously has crab in it, but it also has like a little bit of mayo, some horseradish and some, so I've been trying to veganize it for a mm-hmm. while mm-hmm. and I was super successful. <gasps> You were? Yes, because I use a blend of hearts of palm Mm. and artichoke hearts. Ooh, 
smash those up in there with an avocado, horseradish, salt and pepper, a little bit of vegan mayo. And then on these little toast points, I made little baguette toasts. Yes. And then you eat that on top of there, but the finishing touch is this like cocktail sauce that has a little bit of ketchup. It had some lemon juice and more horseradish, which is my favorite thing in the whole world. And little <laughs> on top. So oh. they were delicious. Oh, they were delicious. That sounds so fantastic. Yeah. You know, I don't think of myself as, you know, a cocky braggart, but <laughs> I do like to say every once in a while, I'm a genius in the kitchen. <laughs> yeah. Toot toot toot, 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 toot. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Just get that trumpet out. (laughs) That sounds delicious. I made just kind of some burgers, uh, some Beyond Burgers, which is always a special treat and some rosemary fries. So nothing fancy schmancy like you, but still good time. Rosemary fries sound amazing. Yeah, they were good. In the air fryer. Oh, perfect. Mm -hmm. And then I journaled about it. You did? No, I didn't. Well... You should have, because that's what we're talking about today. I know. I thought about it because that's what we're we're talking about today. And I'm really, really excited about this training that you put together because we talk about journaling all the time, but it's still something that a lot of people struggle with, at least staying consistent with it. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. I think it's rather intimidating for a lot of people. And they don't see immediate benefits from it a lot of times because they're kind of in that space where am I doing it right? Am I doing it wrong? And so, yeah, I'm glad we get to talk about it today. Me too. I'm excited. Let's get to it. What do you say? Yeah, let's do it. So here's a little trivia question for you. What do Albert Einstein, Lady Gaga, Leonardo da Vinci, and Frida Kahlo have in common? They all benefited from a daily journaling practice. (laughs) The fact is I could fill this episode with a long list of very recognizable people spanning centuries and in all walks of life who have implemented journaling into their daily routines. This powerful tool is something that we often require of our clients to work with us. The scientific research to support journaling is extensive and it's compelling because it works. It's a key strategy for personal development for a variety of reasons. And I just want to kind of, for those of us who are a little bit nerdy, a little bit geeky, I'm going to geek out for just a minute and tell you what the research actually says in a summary form. According to a study conducted at Harvard, implementing a practice of journaling can increase productivity. The reason behind this is that an experience itself is not where the growth and learning occurs. Super interesting. I'm going to say that again. The experience itself is not where the growth and learning occurs. The learning and growth occurs rather in reflecting on an experience. That is the way it actually occurs. It's actually looking at it after the fact and reflecting upon it. Second study. Another study conducted at Cambridge University found journaling improves overall well-being after traumatic and stressful events. Participants in this study were asked to write 
about such events for 15 or 20 minutes. And what they found was that it resulted in improvements in both physical and psychological health. So just a summary of some of the other studies found that journaling decreases emotional stress, improves sleep, helps us cope more effectively with daily stress, decreases intrusive and avoidant thoughts, and improves communication skills. So clearly journaling is one of the most effective acts of self-care. It allows us to make sense of the many inputs, emotional, external, psychological, physiological, all of those inputs that otherwise overwhelm us or cause us to shut down and lean into unhelpful distractions as a way to avoid. We can actually bring our problems and destructive thoughts and just leave them in our journals. On the flip side, our journals allow us to reflect on our joys, on all that we're grateful for. It provides a place for us to record our inspiration or our aspirations and our ideas. We can write for our future selves. Entrepreneur Derek Sievers says of his journaling practice, we so often make big decisions in life based on predictions of how we think we'll feel in the future or what we'll want. Your past self is your best indicator of how you actually felt in similar situations. So it helps to have an accurate picture of your past. You can't trust distant memories, but you can trust your daily diary. It's the best indicator of your future self, of what was really going on in your life at the time. So If you're feeling you don't have the time or it's not interesting enough, remember, you're doing this for your future self. In the future, you will want to look back on this time in your life and find out what you were actually doing day to day and how you really felt back then. And it will help you to make better decisions. So let's talk about how you can implement and keep this powerful tool as part of your self-care ritual. This is really the art of the journaling. It takes the science and turns it into something that's going to work for you with your own creative ideas. Something that we often hear from our clients is that journaling is intimidating. They don't know where to start. Staring at a blank page is uncomfortable. Sometimes we found that our clients just have let a journaling habit slide just a bit. It's gone a bit stale for them. So let's talk strategy. Here's some strategies to help you get started, but also to help you keep it going. First one, if you hear no other tip from me today about journaling, hear this one. Forget all the rules about journaling and do what works for you. There's no ideal time of day except what's ideal for you. Format does not matter except what matters to you. How much time and space should you devote to it? You guessed it. Whatever works for you. So the point is there's really no right or wrong way to journal. How you journal is much less important than why you're doing it. To get something off your chest, to have quiet time with your thoughts, to clarify those thoughts, to separate the harmful from the insightful, to prepare for the day ahead and review the day that has passed, to practice gratitude in a tangible way. Whatever your why is, it's personal and it's unique to you. So I'll say this again for the people in the back. (laughs) There's no right 
or wrong way to journal. Second tip I have for you, start small. There's no reason to set your sights on filling the page after page after page of your journal each night. Your journaling practice can start with one line a day or even three minutes in the morning. You could begin by simply listing three things that you're most grateful for at night or a list of two priorities for the next day. By starting small, you won't say no. It will be a task that you find exceedingly simple so that you would feel silly not doing it. So you'll do it. For example, you might start with one line a day for a week. You can write anything in that one line, something you're excited about, how you're feeling, an event that took place, a mindset you want to attack, an idea you had, or maybe an affirmation that you want to implement. However you decide to start, start so small that skipping it would be preposterous. You'll know when you're ready to move on to something and have a little bit further commitment and depth in the process. My third tip, journals can take many forms and you might want to try a few before you really find what works for you. You could do a bullet style journal or you could use it as a place to put your sketches along with a few words. You might use your journal in the morning as a way to help organize your priorities or maybe at night or in the evening to simply free yourself of the thoughts that are still cluttering your mind. If you need some further ideas on formats, I suggest using YouTube. Type in journaling formats and you'll find a wealth of specific ideas just for formats to use for your journaling. The fourth one, if you're having some difficulty, try prompts or a guided journal. We're going to provide you with a list of prompts in the show notes. Some of the topics are very, very in-depth, and some are just light and silly. You can use any format that you're comfortable with. You also might find a guided journal is what you're looking for. You can find guided journals that focus on one specific topic like wellness, anxiety, self-discovery, building habits, and the list goes on and on. One of the guided journals that I recommend that has a variety of formats, all in one guided journal, is called... Zen as fuck. Sorry, sorry for that little cuss word, but this gem of a guided journal is by Monica Sweeney. It is funny. It is a great way to help yourself not take life too seriously by just letting go and embracing your inner rock star. It's a fantastic, fantastic little find. Of course, as you can guess by the title, it also embraces swearing a bit too. So if that's not really your style, I have another recommendation for you. It's called Start Where You Are, and this one's by Mira Lee Patel. It's full of inspirational quotes and prompts aimed at helping you be more mindful and reflect on your innermost thoughts, and also find joy in some small things. Prompts and guided journals aren't just for those starting out in a journaling practice. These can also renew your journaling experience, providing a way to dive deeper and explore yourself a little more and in new ways through this powerful tool. So if your journaling practice is a little stale, maybe pick up a guided journal or try a few prompts. I just ask that you give yourself this powerful gift of self-care. Marcus Aurelius, Roman emperor and prolific journaler wrote in one of his journals, people look for retreats for themselves in the country, by the coast or in the hills. There is nowhere that a person can find more peaceful, and trouble-free retreat than his own mind. 
So constantly give yourself this retreat and renew yourself. <laughs>